This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Erica Polsonelli, and welcome to Evolve by Erica, the podcast, where we talk all things spirituality, ascension, health, wellness, and beyond. I'm so excited that you are here. Come on in. Hello, guys. I'm so excited for you to be back for another episode of Evolve by Erica podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest, Asha Walker, who has this nonprofit that just caught my eye and really guided me to have her here as a guest because she's doing such incredible things in the world and it has rippled out into her professional life as well. Um, I'm so excited for you to hear a little bit about Health in the Hood and what she's bringing to Miami and hopefully beyond in the up and coming years. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you for being here and I'll see you on the other side. I'm so excited to meditate. So oh my gosh, I'm so excited that you're here. So tell me a little bit, introduce yourself to the community. We have a community um, which you're familiar with because yeah. you've been following for a while, but very into health, wellness, meditation, healing, all of the things. So tell us a little bit about yourself. It feels very much like home here. I love Like that. a space I feel so comfortable in. So I'm uh, the founder of a not-for-profit called Health in the Hood. We build vegetable gardens in food deserts. So helping to alleviate food insecurity, connecting people to healthy food. And that's always been my passion and kind of rolled that into now my personal wellness platform that is really just about creating your personal longevity roadmap. So I'm a holistic health coach and really trying to bring the message of health and wellness and spread that ripple effect across. Sounds hokey, but it really, oh, I love it. It's it doable. How did you get started with Health in the Hood? Like that's really like, I, I was just like, this is unbelievable. How did that get started? Like, was it a seed, literally a seed in your life? Literally a seed in my mind. Yeah. When? So my background is really, my professional background is in not-for-profit work. So I knew how to write grants. I knew how to engage communities. I knew kind of all the big community foundation players in Miami. Is that what you worked for, like, prior to this career? Prior to this career, yeah. I ran an AmeriCorps program, which is like the domestic version of the Peace Corps. And we would match young, um, service-minded 18 to 25-year-olds with not-for-profits for 10-month apprenticeships. So really just got to know the Miami not-for-profit community and really knew a lot of the players that it would take to start your own project. And um, my dad is the OG. We call him the original gardener. He's a historian of black history and an author. And one of our side projects growing up, I did my bat mitzvah service project in an urban farm. Like We had an urban farm that he started when I was like maybe 10, 11, and we always maintained it. We got a city grant. And so I can't take credit in Miami. Can't take credit for the idea of urban farming. That's my dad. You know, he grew up as a migrant worker growing up uh, picking oranges in the state of Florida. And so it came naturally to him, the idea of serving communities and creating access. And I was like, you know what? We can do this on a larger scale. And so I took his one garden idea. It was called Roots in the City. It was his not for So I, I can't take any credit for the idea of urban farming as a concept, but the idea of building on my dad's not-for-profit, adding a nutrition component, adding an education component, adding a community engagement component. That's where Health in the Hood really sort of evolved and wrote my first three grants and got them all. And that was 10 years ago. And we're still growing food, giving it away on a much larger scale than we were even 10 years ago. So the growth has been pretty, pretty impactful. Can you take me like I love every detail of everything. Like take me through this. So your dad started that. He had one. Yep. You were like, we can definitely scale this, help so many more people. Yep. You started with three. Yep. 
in all in Florida, all in Florida, all Miami. There are 326 food deserts in South Florida. So where are these? So neighborhoods that are considered low income, so below the poverty line, um, underserved communities. So you've been over to you know, Miami, it's Overtown, Liberty City, Opalaka, Miami Gardens. And for us, you know, we take the asset-based community development approach. So we're not looking at a community for what it doesn't have. We're looking at what it does have. So going in and looking at this vacant land, I'm like, we could be using this for something a lot more productive than like mattresses and crime. Like there's literally mattresses stacked up to the sky on these lots. And the um, idea of just, you know, getting funding from different community partners, whether it's a foundation or a corporation or donors, was no new kind of concept to me. I knew that people wanted to give. If you're a 501c3, it benefits both parties. So that's the first step is definitely getting your books in a row, getting your funding together. And then it's really pulling together the right players. So having the different community organizations, the youth group, the schools, the churches, the temples, the uh, banks, the corporations. It really takes a little bit of everybody being at the table and then, of course, community. How do they get involved? The schools, the banks, all of those. So uh, word of mouth. Um, and then it's kind of just such a beautiful idea. It really kind of just takes on a life of its of its own. And people are um, automatically drawn to it. They're like, wait, you grow food and you can teach kids how to grow green beans and I can add that to my curriculum. I'm so in. So you get one teacher that's invested, one principal that's into it. And you've got a partnership for 10 years. All of our partners last pretty much the entire span of the, of the organization. Do they go to you, like to your land, or do you go to them and push in and teach? It looks like it's a little, you know, like a little different from site to site. So sometimes a pastor will call us and say, I've got a piece of property right next to our church. Like a lot of times a church will own like a house next to the church. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're not doing anything on it. Do you want to put a garden there? That was one of our third sites. That was like 10 years ago. We're still growing on that piece of property. Sometimes the school will call us and say, I've got a small area behind the science lab. Can you grow a garden there? A YWCA might have a larger space in their play area. Um, and then sometimes it's a piece of county land. So municipalities come into play. So you go to the county meetings, you go to commission meetings, get the land turned over, but it's all donated. So that's one interesting piece that it's kind the of land is donated. Land is all donated. Beautiful. But it's interesting. Like it's great for our bottom line to get the land donated, but. If the city ever wants to sell it, when somebody's ready to build a big building on it, we don't have complete access. So there is that sort of fine line between do you spend millions of dollars purchasing land because that's how you really empower yeah. a community or do you you know, work on these sort of like yearly contracts where you're leasing land for a dollar a year. But kind of an interesting balance that we're striking. But it's really been a model that people just totally are drawn to. Oh, my gosh. So what are you growing right now? We grow everything. In South Florida, we have like almost year-round growing season. So... Collard greens, kale, spinach, radishes, tomatoes, um, red peppers, green peppers, you name it. We really have like. And how is it distributed? So we have harvest days in the garden. So we have set days depending on which neighborhood you're in. Monday, Wednesday might be Opalaka. Tuesday, Thursday might be um, Liberty City. That people just kind of know organically. Like once we get there and like truckloads of soil are delivered and like beautiful plants are coming out of the ground, people just like are automatically drawn out of their houses. And the gardens are not fenced in. They're all open to the public at all times. So we really intentional about that. Like a lot of community gardening is like, this is my plot and nobody picks my asparagus. And we're like, no, no, your asparagus is for asparagus. And we all share. So they're all open. So people can come anytime. But we do have like designated harvest times. People can come and we'll bag up the stuff and we'll have a lot of it in education. So for us, it's like give us your kid for half an hour. We'll teach them how to plant a green bean, grow a green bean and how to cook it and why it's good for them. Wow. Yeah. And will families come and pick, like, their produce for the week? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
beautiful yeah these beautiful big baskets of produce and it's like you just see the empowerment and the pride just all over people it just it's a complete shift from like wait this was a dilapidated lot a month ago and now it's producing abundance abundance wow yeah and i'm sure you probably know this but the energy and the nutrition that comes from plants and crops that are grown by you versus like traveling across the country in a truck or on a plane or on a ship like that is the healthiest yeah you can get and like of course if it's organic and it's not being sprayed with a lot of things but like the healthiest you can get and how transformative is that for a community yeah and since we're in good company i can talk about the vibrational difference and the frequencies of change you can't talk about that with everybody <laughs> no please go it's off true. i mean you really it changes the whole frequency of the soil of the whole community i mean it really is a vibrational shift that happens when you're growing your own food eating food that you grew and just having that empowering shift it's just it's it's very very powerful you feel it you feel it absolutely there are two times where i actually experienced that in my life so the first time i was at my friend's house to introduced me to like plant-based lifestyle because of something he healed through it and we picked our salad and our bowl from his garden mostly i i'm sure there were some things like sprouts that he didn't actually grow but someone else grew Mm -hmm. but a lot of it the foundation of the bowl that we were eating was from his garden and as i started to eat it i felt such a sensation on my third eye point like such an activation there and i was like oh that's so interesting and then recently i was in puerto rico and I went to this cute, it was so cute. It was called the Juice Box in Rangel. And I don't know if you're familiar with that area in Puerto Rico. So cute. But it was the Juice Box. I got like, I was really excited because it was like my morning. We went to the place that I wanted to uh-huh. like, you know, uh-huh. like the organic <laughs> spot in town. Very excited. So I ordered a juice. I ordered a shot. I ordered an acai bowl. But it was just so, you can tell it was so fresh. Yeah. Totally different experience. I ate it all like pretty quickly because I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I've been waiting for this all week. And I said to my friends, like, I, I felt almost like um, sensory, sensory overload, mm-hmm. uh, just very heightened and activated. And I was like, oh, gosh, guys, I like feel weird for a moment. Like, it never came down. It's almost like when you get excited and you feel a burst of something and then it settles. It didn't settle. It, like, stayed with me. Uh-huh. And I was like, guys, I'm, like, feeling a little off right now. And my friend was the one to point it out. And she was like, I bet it's from what you're eating right now because it was right after you ate all that. And you're saying you feel something. I'm like, you're absolutely right. That's what it was. And you feel it. Uh-huh. You you experience it in your body. And what a gift you're bringing to so many people. Yeah. It's, it's a gift to me. I'd love to hear you talk about it like that way because you're so in tune. I mean, you're the perfect person to really understand like what eating, living, whole foods can do for you and how it can raise your frequency. That's such a beautiful experience. I love that. And I love that we're able to give that to people, whether they can tune into it the way you can. It's it's really it's really a beautiful process, and it's so simple. And even if they're not, it can lead to so many changes. Like when I first went plant based, I didn't at all do it for energy or meditation or frequency. I I was doing it from a place of just wanting to be like my healthiest self, very physical. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of health anxiety, and I thought that would help me. Um, and what it did was it me open to it it you know it elevated my frequency it helped me bring in more life force energy and connect me more to the earth Mm -hmm. and I started to feel all these symptoms of having a spiritual awakening and then later I found my practice which just like catapulted it but um it's whether people know it or not or aware of it or not it's taking place Mm -hmm. 
And over time, it can bring so much yeah. to them. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. Do you have your own garden? You know, we live in an apartment. We're on the 41st floor, so it's kind of hard. Yeah. So when I do, it's wonderful. But then when I have to clean it up in the winter, it's not. Yeah. Like, no, but it's hard. there are so many ways to grow food in your house. Like now there are microgreens. Like no. there's a lot of easy ways. I do have an indoor, like a hydroponic little light farm on hydroponic garden, which is great and easy to maintain. Yeah. But like, what do you growing on your food? You can grow a little bit of everything. Cherry tomatoes. You can do lettuce, leafy greens. Um, I have some peppers. Wow. Yeah. So cool. You can grow. And like we, we get so disconnected from like where food comes from how easy it is to grow it. Like to your point, food travels 1,500 miles on average before it gets to your grocery store and then lives in the grocery store until you buy it. So we're getting like old food even when we're buying good, healthy food. So to grow it yourself, I mean, it is, it's the vibrational path that you want going throughout your meridians. I mean, it's just a totally different thing. You grow it yourself. Literally. Yeah. It's wild. It's so true. And it's like all of that life force is there mm-hmm. when you pick it off. Mm-hmm. The vine or the branch, mm-hmm. never. Yeah. That's alive. You're putting living energy into your body. It's just something better. It's so true. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. I would love to grow some food. My my dream, like, you know how people are like, my measure of success is like getting a mansion or getting like the sports car. I'm like, I'm going to have a farm and I, I can't freaking wait. I know. And my husband <laughs> thinks that I'm nuts. And I'm like, well, I follow all these like off grid homesteading sites. And I'm like, just so you know, like we're putting a plan in place. We're buying land in Canada and this is happening. And I've got my girlfriend's a meteorologist. She's coming. My cousin's a doctor. She's coming. We're going to have a whole compound community. I love where we're going. That's where we're going as a society, for sure. Whether people are ready to embrace it or not, I think I'd be forced to that. But we're getting back to our roots, whether we like it or not. Truly, totally. And yeah, who are on board are going to be on board, and those who aren't, you know, my husband says the zombies are going to be banging on our doors. I'm like, well, they can come have looking for organic kale and pepper. So funny. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but even. Like that community aspect of like living together in community, having those community roles. I mm-hmm. love how you are mirroring that in what you're doing and mm-hmm. how there is no fence. And it's like, no, this is yeah. all of ours. Yeah. And this is our community. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. It's been wow. upon, upon our little idea from 10 years ago that's like, oh, this really can be extrapolated and scaled. We're looking at new cities to be growing into. Literally, you know, I was in literally thinking Chicago or saying up next. Yeah, I see so much expansion. It should be everywhere. Yes. We will be everywhere. Yeah. Got an amazing team. It's now like, it's not just me. The first five years was like, just me for the most part. And now we have an incredible team. We are a completely female-led and operated organization from our board to every single employee on our team. Wow. Which is like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't done intentionally. We've had men work for us, but yeah. This is a much better thing. Is your why you do need women? Wow. Yeah. Is your dad like just so proud of all that you've created? I said so. I hope so. He should be. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to share with you how okay, I was an elementary school teacher. Did you know that? I did. Know okay. That. So you brought up like how disconnected we are from our food stores. Yeah. And I remember being in school one day and the the students couldn't wrap their head around like their food being from a farm and from and and it goes the same way with like going into a food store where we were looking for like the most beautiful ripe avocado we're like ah none of these are ripe and like (laughs) where's the right perfectly ripe avocado and it's like we are so disconnected from the process 
of what it takes yeah. to grow that, that it comes from nature, that we're able to nourish our body with this and yeah. what a blessing it is. So yeah. I just wanted to touch on that because you're absolutely right. We're very disconnected and it's totally. amazing that you're helping to bring that connection. Well, I mean, well, thank you for saying that. I mean, for me, it was like it wasn't a complete model unless we included the nutrition component, what you do with the food once it's grown. I wonder if we have this innate connection to, oh my gosh, that's food growing out of the ground. Like, I want that. But if you don't know, like, actually how it got there and what seeds were used and how its soil was used and the composition of the soil and how much water it needed when you're part of that process, like, there's no going back. You never are going to be like, oh, I don't know how that cherry tomato was grown. You always know. And it just is this beautiful connection that's a lifelong connection to where your food comes from. And this one simple, you know, activity, we do a lot of like mobile gardening activities. We go to health fairs, we'll bring our like green bean planting activity and a little like container. Have kids put a little green bean seed in it and they take it home and like just light up because green beans grow in like two seconds. You get a little sped coming up fast and it's like, oh, okay, that kid now always knows that green beans come from something that you plant, come from a seed because yeah, like the grocery store, all that shiny produce, yeah. that is really not real stuff. And how it got there, kids are just totally, even as an adult, we're totally, totally not a part of that process. And by design, you know, like the idea of victory gardens are, it was not that long ago that victory gardens were a part of how people fed themselves. But then when you start getting, you know, subsidized crops like corn and wheat that make unhealthy foods that people then are marketed to and kids are uber marketed to, it's a whole cycle. And so it's really done pretty intentionally. But the beautiful thing is that there really is an awakening happening. I think yeah. that one of the silver linings of the pandemic was that people were like, oh, wait, you know, inflammation is real. Where our food comes from matters. And I have to take care of myself in a different way. So I'm grateful for that. But but it's a process. It's definitely a journey for sure. Totally. And now how did you then get into everything else that you do as well? So... You know, it was a very natural progression. Like I've always been, I've, I've watched my mom do Jane Fonda workouts growing up. Like I've always been into fitness and eating well. We used to make our version of fried chicken was Oprah's yogurt covered like baked chicken. It sounds gross, but like that was a fried chicken. So I always grew up eating healthy. Yeah. Um, but then when you said health anxiety, that really clicked for me because by the time I was like even 16, I was already doing like ridiculous amounts of cardio and like really into like what my tummy looked like, like way too soon to be concerned about those kind of things. I think growing up in Miami probably had a piece to do with that for sure. And so it took until I was probably 30 before I started to really crack that code and figure out that like, oh, eating tons of food at once and then not eating for a long time and then going back to eating healthy and then binge eating stuff that's crappy for you is really a cycle that's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was like, okay, I ended up really a relationship that should have been ended years before. And I think that was a catalyst for like, okay, I have not been taking care of myself mentally, emotionally, physically. I work out like a crazy person, but it's not giving me the kind of nourishment that I, 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 I feel like I'm needing. So I really just kind of committed to my healing and was like, I need to take care of myself in a more intentional way. And that's when I started to kind of like get quiet and think about how to quiet the chatter. And that's when I found meditation. That's when I started really thinking about taking care of myself as a whole person, not just like a flat tummy. And then I wanted to take that, right? It's not just like, oh, what we think. I, can, I, have, I have abs today. I must be doing great. Right. Right? And so shifting that mindset and opening myself up to like, wait, I'm not just a human body. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience. And I want to nourish all layers of myself. And once I started to feel like 
freaking amazing when I did that, I wanted to share that with more people. And so it was kind of a natural progression. I launched my personal wellness platform. Really, like I felt called, but also like I didn't even have a choice. It was like I had all these opportunities to talk about health in the hood and sharing wellness with different communities. And I was like, oh, yeah, this feels right. So built out the AWW approach, Asha Walker Wellness. And it's just this beautiful community of like mostly women. And I'm just sharing tips and things that have really helped me come home to myself. There's like four principles that I really have found in the last 10 years that help me hone in on what things make me feel good and doing them in a way that are nourishing and not punishing. Yeah. So there, you're the cure is the first one. I love that. Like we just get so, I love that. Like we think like, oh, let me take that pill. That's going to fix it. Let me run on the treadmill for five hours and that's going to fix it. It's like our bodies were made to heal themselves. We just give them the opportunity to and the tools they can. So you're the cure. Uh, the second is food and movement are medicine. Like, again, we pop a pill like it's nothing, but really using food and movement as the absolute tools that they are to help your mind, your body, your soul. They, they are tools for all of those elements. Um, becoming quiet is the third. That was a really important one for me. Like, I always knew I could heal myself. I knew food and movement were medicine, whether I use them properly or not. But the becoming quiet was the biggest one for me because I have a racing mind like, I don't know if it's just the OCD or like grew up like very logistically inclined, but like it was getting to the point where I just couldn't hear my own thoughts. So getting quiet was really important. And then the last is root causes over band-aids. I think we also have this tendency to like pop a pill again, take a talent off, you have a headache instead of having some electrolytes or some minerals and some water. So really digging down to like, what are the reasons why are we not taking care of ourselves and, and what is causing the issues as opposed to like band-aid yeah and they really those principles changed my life yeah so i want to share them it's wild i love i resonate so deeply with all of those and it's so true like once you start to see in this way like you can't go back to how you once were able to see things oh yeah and um when i first started working with like a functional doctor he was asking me all of these questions and i set my husband up with him and he got off the phone and he was like this guy doesn't care about my health he's asking me what i do during the day he's asking me when i go to sleep like I don't even think he cares I'm like no 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 you're missing it like he needs to know everything he's like no he's just interested in what I do I'm like no that's all please a role and it's true like every time um every time I'm not feeling well or if I have a headache I I do announce it and maybe that's my my downfall where I'll be like I have a headache and my husband's like taking it get Tylenol I'm like well what's the cause of this and how can I maybe naturally heal this and i think there's a time there's always a time and place for western medicine absolutely I think there's also yeah. so much opportunity for us to really turn to ourselves as the healer as the cure and be able to activate the healing within ourselves i actually just got back from the joe dispense retreat i know and I can't wait for your post like all about that i'm reading i'm currently reading um breaking the habit of being yourself I haven't first, read that one. It's my first show to spend the, you know, like, it, yeah. I'm obsessed. I mean, it's, it's, our, it's, it's our people for sure. Yeah. But those reads just seem like absolutely life-changing. I recommend them for sure. I read Supernatural, Becoming Supernatural, I think it's called. Um, I loved that one. So much science. Yeah. It probably has some in, yeah. in your book too. Yeah. But it's all about knowing that we have the ability and when we can see other people do it like the four minute mile he talks about mm -hmm. like once you find out that someone has done it 
you are then like, oh, it's possible. And then you're able to do it just by knowing it's possible. And I love that you're bringing that to people. Yeah. It's it's inspiration over information. I feel like you can give people the tools. Like we're working on some interactive, fun information people can have in their pocket, like having a holistic health coach in your pocket coming in 2024. But it's really more about inspiration. It's just knowing that like you can, you absolutely can. Yeah. What are the biggest pieces of advice you have for someone right now who's just on this self-development journey and trying to get more aligned Mm -hmm. with those values that you shared? I think being gentle with yourself. That was a big one for me. Like, I thought if it didn't hurt, it wasn't good. Like, you had to push yourself, whether it's in the gym, whether you're, like, hyperhealing. Like, it all can go to one extreme or the other. And so I think just being gentle with yourself and wherever you are and meeting yourself where you are is a great place to start. Um, And then, like, biting off what you can chew like not thinking you have to do it all at once so that again goes into like being gentle with yourself but not feeling like if I can't solve everything at once it's not worth it I think people get turned off by the process they're like I gotta have a green juice and I can't drink coffee and I gotta go to bed it's like okay but yes but like one at a time yeah and and then you start to feel amazing and so it doesn't become a chore or a habit it just becomes a lifestyle so starting small biting off what you can chew and just being gentle with yourself I think are good like starting points. I love that. I think being gentle with yourself is so important because so often we can compare ourselves to other people and all that they're doing. And it's like, oh my goodness, like yeah. let me observe where I am right now and make those small little changes. Bite off what you can chew. Uh-huh. I started my meditation practice with like a three to five minute practice every morning. Yep. And I had a full-blown spiritual awakening from that. So it's possible to just do a little of any and yeah. see such a benefit yeah. i mean you are my meditation goals like i literally i'm like I, i'm still an eight minute kind of a thrill in the mornings but i would do anything to like get my ass up at 5 30 and easy it's not easy but, and and you and you and you show all pieces of it that like it's not easy but the benefits are so powerful and they're so yeah. worth it it's always worth it like i've never woken up and was like oh, i regret waking up late <laughs> for that meditation or i right. regret like right. going deep in yeah. one hour meditation yeah. I only regret going to bed too late and not waking up early. That's it. But it's so it's so hard to break those patterns, Mm -hmm. and it's it's so much easier to do what doesn't serve us than Uh, what does. Yeah, scrolling and eating at like eleven is awesome, right? You know, (laughs) feels great. But that's a dopamine hit that like you know is not going to serve you later. I landed yesterday and I'm like, I'm in New York City. I'm in Chinatown. I got. A full-on matcha boba, knowing I was going to have a massive sugar headache later. But I did it. It was an intentional choice. I had a massive sugar headache later. But I had water and I feel fine now. But, like, that was a choice. So it's just, like, you know, being intentional and making choices that, like, you know will serve you. Or if you know that they won't, making that choice, too. But knowing that it's a balance. Yeah. And I think, like, a lot of people shied away from, like, using the word discipline lately in our society. But I think it's so important. Yeah. There has to be, I keep calling it this intuitive discipline mm-hmm. where you are holding yourself accountable enough because we're human beings at the same time as multidimensional beings. We yep. do need some type of structure. Yeah. But also being able to flow in the moments where like you need the day to sleep, you take the day to sleep, but no one being able to call yourself out on like when you need to kind of just... Yeah. Yeah, you know, tell yourself like you have to get up for yeah. this, and having that discipline versus being easy on yourself and gentle on yourself. It's like this very. I'm sure you see that within your work. Yeah, right? for sure, You're holding others accountable. Yeah, that, and you know, I think I think consistency makes people feel a little less terrified than discipline. Discipline people feel like there's going to be a 
like a navy drill sergeant <laughs> blowing in the face and it's like or like a consequence yeah yeah, yeah or like a punishment yeah if you think about it as being consistent then yeah. it sort of like eases the blow the blow a little bit i feel like so for me like i like to preach consistency it's like i don't always want to get up and go to pilates but i know how great i'm gonna feel after um you know it took me a lot of years to go from like pounding the treadmill to pilates as my main focus but like those are the parts of the transition and the journey that like you go on when you do commit to consistency so whether it's you know some people want to just go for a walk in the morning that's beautiful like i don't like like going outside every morning so for me it's like doing what i know i can do in a consistent way that lights me up totally and that leaves you feeling good yeah yeah right yeah like, I see so many people, like, I love Mel Robbins. She's always like, I'm on the treadmill and I hate it. I'm like, well, then you probably shouldn't be on the treadmill now. Like, find something that you do like to do. I love her. And I was like, you got to do a workout that you actually like. Like, any day yoga. I, th- I do think that now we have access to so much at, like, our fingertips. Uh-huh. And there, I, I really believe that no matter who you are and if you don't like to move, you can find something that's interesting. Thing for everybody. Yeah, because if you don't feel good while you're doing it, chances are it's really not doing what right. you want and you're not intuitive yeah. listening to your body you'd probably be meditating on it like yeah 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 because yeah. if you're saying like i hate this i hate this that's the frequency you're vibrating out as you're doing it yeah i think it's so important i was really into soul cycle for a while uh-huh. ever I, I i've never been a cycler i feel like a hamster on a wheel like, I, I was bad a cycler either until i found soul cycle because yeah. i love the music element yeah i mean it's a it's a collective of her best and experience energy and um it feels like a perform like I was a cheerleader and dancer and a performer uh-huh. my whole life. Uh-huh. So it felt like that. I don't know. The arising. Like yeah. I love that. So after that, like I found something that I love so much and I said, I'll never do a workout that I'm not enjoying. Yeah. Again. And I stepped away from that because it was just like so hardcore cardio. Yeah. And actually, like at the time when I was having so much anxiety, it was actually the opposite of good for me because the adrenaline rush and the cortisol spike. Yeah. yeah. So now it's just like always seeking what feels as fun as that, but works what works best in my body. And there are so many options in the times that we're living in. I love that. Yeah. One of my excuses for coming to the city was one, of course, to meet you and be here. But also I do the class at home. And love. And I'm like, my favorite instructor is trying to get me in for tomorrow morning. Who's your favorite? Well, I mean, the yeah. Carla Meese. Okay. It's amazing. They all are. I've taken Natalie's class before. Oh, I love Natalie. Yeah. I mean, they all, I mean, they all take you on such a journey. So but like, it's something for everyone. There's a movement. Style. It is. There actually totally is. And I yeah. know that anyone listening is insi- inspired to find what works for them. Yeah. Because once you find it, it's like, it's a joy to go into mm-hmm. that every day. It's a joy and a privilege to feel strong and powerful and healthy. It's a gift to move your body. When you have people who can't, and you're like, I'm complaining that I have to go to the gym. Like, except if I wouldn't. It's so true. You gotta like go back to those, those, those areas. So interesting. So if listeners were interested in working with you, what are some things you offer to giving them an idea and how to how to contact you and reach you? So for now, it's really just building the AWW community. So following at Asha Walker Wellness, I share weekly holistic health tips, movement motivation, um, meditation motivation. So right now I'm just really building the community and I've got some excited stuff slated for 2024, but speaking it into existence and manifesting it, but so some really fun interactive content coming in 2024. Um, but Health in the Hood is really is my first baby. So you can really find us at either, find me in either area. I'm either fundraising for Health in the Hood or I'm building out AWW and managing my team. So I'm uh, I'm always around. That's great. I love that. I'm so grateful that you came here. We had this chat.
And I'm grateful for the work that you're doing in this world. And I can't wait to see these gardens pop up far beyond life. Yeah, they will. I'm grateful for your work. You you made meditating safe and validated in my world. Like my husband was like, doing. I'm like, doing Erica's meditation. So get with it. And you need to sit down, do and do it. So and you have to join me. Yeah. I got him to go from I'm never doing that to I probably should. So that's growth. That is that, that is 100 percent right. Absolutely. But and thank you for everything you do. Mike, so great. Thank you. Yeah, so you know this conversation completely spoke to my soul for so many people to now have access to fresh fruits and vegetables and produce right in their neighborhood. It is life-changing energetically, physically, spiritually, and I'm so grateful for the work she's doing. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Thank you so much for being here, and may the long-time sun shine upon you. Satnam.